The reading this morning is taken from 1 Thessalonians 5, and beginning at verse 16. And if you've got a church Bible, it's page 1188. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Excellent. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be with you here today. Right. Um, I wonder if any of you have been following the Olympics sort of going on. The, the timings are a bit awkward, aren't they? Sort of somewhat in the middle of the night when they happen. But, um, but it's great. So you get all the stories that emerge. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen, there was a documentary that was released uh, earlier this week on Helen Glover uh, called uh, The Mother of All Comebacks. Uh, and basically, uh, the, Helen's story is amazing. I mean, she hadn't even started rowing until 2008 when she was, sort of went to a talent program for the 2012 Olympics. And they said, you'd be a great rower. Uh, and she was. Uh, two years later, she was a professional. And two years after that, she won gold at London. Uh, and then she was unbeaten all the way through, uh, including another gold at Rio in 2016 uh, when she retired uh, from professional sports. Uh, she uh, then was engaged and married uh, the explorer, Steve Backshall, uh, and they had three children, uh, a boy and then twins, uh, a girl and a boy. Uh, and last March of 2020, uh, they were sat down and looking ahead to the Olympics. And then the Olympics were cancelled. And then, like most people, she had the thought, well, maybe, maybe I could train to go back into the Olympics <laughs> I don't know if that was your thought last March 2020, but I've got an extra year. Um, but that's what she did. So her, her youngest twins were 12 weeks old, and she set about training uh, between feeding her twins, uh, sleeping on one or two hours night, sleep at night, and she kept going to train, to train, to train. Uh, she got to the European Championships earlier this year, and she won gold there. Uh, and then she booked her place uh, at Tokyo this year. And she's in, she got through her heat and she's now to the semi-final of the rowing uh, coming up. But throughout it all, she just kept on going. All of the obstacles, all of the things in her way, all of the, the early mornings, the get-ups in the night, the, the bad sleep, the lot. She just kept going. She kept going, training, kept going with the things she knew she had to, because that was her goal. The Olympics. 
Now, we come to the very last passage here uh, from Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonians. And um, his message is simple, really. Keep going. Keep going. Now, keep pressing on. Keep going on. And he's going to show you four different ways in which we should keep on going. And here's the first one. Keep going uh, in all the normal things of life. There's a punchy sermon heading for you. Keep going with all the normal things of being a Christian. It's not a punchy heading, but then having said that, life isn't really punchy, is it? I don't know about you, but this morning I, I woke up and I brushed my teeth with the same toothpaste I've used for 10 years. I hasten to add, not the same tube. I've had at least two um, <laughs> since then. You know, or the same bread that you buy from the supermarket and you kind of use the same bread or the same shampoo. We, we use the same sort of things, but we keep going with the same things of life, don't we? And here Paul is saying, keep going with the normal things of being a Christian. Verses 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Keep going with the normal things of being a Christian because it's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so what's the first thing? Verse 16, rejoice always. Now, this is different to happiness. My happiness levels often do go up and down depending on which sporting team I'm choosing to support at the time. I support Queen's Park Rangers. I'm often quite down. Um, but... That's a little light aside, isn't it? I mean, there are all sorts of situations where we know where happiness doesn't happen. Okay, we joke it might be about a sports team or something or other, but, but actually sometimes in life there are things that happen that make us sad. We recognise that, we know that. Uh, Paul here is saying this is not that Christians have to be the happy ones. No, he's saying Christians are the ones who have joy. And joy is so much deeper. Uh, Joy goes beyond circumstances. Uh, I mean, you might remember from uh, chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord. You welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Paul says Christians are the ones who have bedrock joy because of the hope they have because Christians are the one who who regard the situation they face have been taken from lives that are that are broken that are in darkness that are dead and brought up to, to wholeness brought into light brought to life itself whatever situation we face that joy is there because the gospel is the same So Christians can rejoice always because the bedrock, the foundation, the truths that Jesus is alive and our sins are forgiven are always, always true. Rejoice always. Secondly, pray continually. Now, the the danger is when I I read a statement like that, I think, well, that can't be true. (laughs) I can't pray continually. I can give you lots of examples when I don't do that. So therefore, Paul can't mean that, so I'm basically going to ignore it. But obviously, Paul doesn't mean 24-7 you should be praying. Of course he doesn't mean that. That's the impossible meaning. 
But he does mean that in every and all situations, we ought to be praying. Uh, a chap called Smith Wigglesworth, who not only has one of the best names, uh, also was an evangelist in the late 19th century. And he said this, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer at one time, but I never go more than half an hour without praying. I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer at one time, but I never go more than half an hour without praying. The point is simple, isn't it? All the time, in all circumstances, let's pray to the Lord. Let's pray. When we set aside time in the morning, maybe, we say, oh, that's the time I'm going to pray. Let's do that. Let's pray as we walk to church. Let's pray as we see the ambulance drive by on our journey somewhere. Let's pray as we go to the supermarket. I'm sure many of us have, uh, have got mobile phones that have um, WhatsApp on. And maybe many of us are part of family groups that have sort of WhatsApp chat. I suspect most of us don't just give one point a day. So I'm going to answer all my messages at 8.30 in the morning. Probably most of us throughout the day are just, just on it a little bit. Just answering message there, answer message there. Maybe do the same with prayer. It's great to give a time in the morning, and we should do that. But actually, let's just throughout the day, just dropping in prayer here, dropping in prayer there, praying continually. And then thirdly, um, giving thanks in all circumstances. Verse 18. This is very much, isn't it, like the first two. Again, Paul doesn't mean all the time. He rather means in every situation. He means that gratitude should be the attitude of the Christian. That we need to cultivate that attitude amongst us. To be those that, that want to give thanks all the time. And a really helpful way to do that, uh, I find, is to, is to make a list. You, you can make a mental list, but I find that actually a physical list is, is better. And to literally, very specifically, count your blessings. Say, thank you, God, for, thank you for the friend that came to visit me yesterday. He was just lovely to see them. Thank you for the, the, the warm roast chicken I've got at lunchtime. Thank you, I've got a roof over my head right now, so I'm not getting soaking wet. Thank you for the PA that means we can hear each other. Thank you for the cameras that means we can engage. Thank you for phones that we can communicate with our children. And be really specific. And as we do that, we see the many, many ways that the Lord has been kind. Paul says, keep going with all the normal things of being a Christian. Rejoicing, praying, thanking. Keep going. Keep going with all the normal things of being a Christian. Keep going. And then secondly, keep going, listening and testing prophecy. Keep going, listening and testing prophecy. I'm aware that when we uh, move into areas of talking about prophecy, that we're into areas of of Christianity where uh, there can be differing opinion. It can even be quite divisive at times. Um, But it's just worth saying that that here, Paul isn't um, defining what prophecy is. Indeed, actually, there's nowhere in the scriptures that do. Um, Rather, we have to gather together sort of the whole council 
of the Bible to try to bring together what, what we think it might be talking about. But, but what can we say? Well, we can say that since Pentecost, all Christians have been given God's spirit. Therefore, it's possible for all of God's people to speak God's words to others. But it's also helpful to draw a distinction between what we might say that the prophets, those that we see in the scriptures that are classified as the prophets, and the gift of prophecy. We might also add in apostles to that category as well and say, actually, the prophets and the apostles have a greater authority, which is why verse 27 of our passage, Paul says, I charge you for the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. He doesn't say, listen and test what I say. He says, read it, listen to it, obey it. Uh, The prophets and apostles have a have a larger, greater authority than this gift of prophecy. For that, Paul says, verse 21, test them all. Test them all. So how might we, we test those, uh, that gift? Uh, well, John Stott uh, very helpfully gives five tests. Uh, his first test is scripture. It is what it says. Does it, does it line up with what the Bible teaches, uh, what that greater authority says? Uh, secondly, uh, does it acknowledge Jesus as Lord? Any prophecy that doesn't is, is not from God. Uh, thirdly, uh, does it encourage us in the grace of God? Is it going deeper in, into that work of free grace, or is it trying to add to something to our salvation? Uh, fourthly, uh, is the person's character trustworthy? Are they humble? Are they truthful? Have they got a good track record? And fifthly, does it edify the church and those to whom it concerns? Is it helpful? Is it good? Uh, those are just five helpful tests that, that, that he applies. Uh, and I think they're really useful uh, to apply to this category. But what does that mean then it, in reality? What does that, how does it work itself out? Well, it means that um, on the ground uh, here at Bishop Harrington, we, we want to, to give our time to what we know is God's word, the Bible. Uh, that's what we know God speaks. Uh, that's what we know has authority. That, that's why we, we open up week by week. That's why we want to hear from the Lord and unpack that. But at the same time, I, I don't want to just ignore, therefore, what Paul says. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. That word is, is like putting a big fire hydrant to a fire, like putting it out. No, rather, we need, or all of us need each other. We need God's people speaking God's words to one another the body needs each other but we must test what is said let me give you an example um the the vicar in oxford vaughan roberts gives one of these examples he says uh, imagine that i uh, i say to you the lord's told me you should go to france now that's quite a kind of a that, that putting that statement on the level of scripture you basically have to obey it because it's a word from the lord but instead, he might say, well, look, um, I, I've been praying about France. It's a very needy place. And as I was praying, I, I just got a sense that maybe, just knowing who you are, you'd be a really great person to serve in France. There's a much greater humility in that. And then the person who hears that could say, well, actually, I, I've been praying as well. And, and I've kind of, that's really weird that you said that, because I've been kind of thinking the same thing too. And, and then they might say, you know, the Lord really used Ben or, or whoever it might be to, to help me to do that ministry. 
But equally, you might say, well, hang on, if you saw my O-level French, you would know that is clearly not a goer. Um, you know, it gives that humility, that level of saying, actually, test it. See what it's good. Now, now that example is kind of, is about sort of wisdom. Somebody might be saying that actually, you know, you need to do something or other to, to earn your salvation. And say, well, that's clearly not right. But what about a lesser example? Well, again, imagine that you're, you're, you're reading your Bible in the morning and it, it lands on Psalm 23. You know, well-known psalm. And as you're reading it through, just someone from your small group in the church just, just pops into your head and you think, these words would be really helpful for them. Be really helpful. I'm going to drop them a text and just say, I was just reading Psalm 23 this morning and I, I just hope this, this might be really helpful for you. Or give them a phone call or write them a letter or, or whatever it might be. Do you see, it, it, it's nothing to be big. It might just be applying God's words into God's people's lives. We're not saying it has authority, uh, the same authority as scripture, it needs to be tested, but it is for God's people, it is for the good of their people, and we must hold on to what is good, but therefore reject everything which is not. Keep going, listening and testing prophecy. Thirdly, um, from verses uh, 20, for, sorry, uh, 23 to 24, keep going towards home. Keep going towards home. Now, um, in my study, I've got this picture. Uh, you might not see what it is. It's, um, it's a picture of Guernsey, and it says, Home Sweet Home on it. That's my home. Now, I've, I'm nearly, uh, I've nearly lived in the UK as long as I've lived in Guernsey, about two more years and it'll be equal. Um, but even if I am here for 50 years, uh, and I far outweigh how long I've lived in Guernsey, Guernsey will always be my home. It will always be there. Uh, at the end of the summer, we're hoping to go there. Uh, and so as we prepare to go, we're, we're thinking about what we need to take with us. We're preparing. You know, we think, okay, it's the beach, it's nicer beaches than Brighton, so we need to put in some balls and some other things. You know, we need to put our bikes in for the kids. We've got to do all these sorts of things. We prepare. We get ready. And maybe you've got the same experience as well, whether it's going home or going on a trip. You, you prepare, you, you think ahead, you think, okay, what do I need to do to get ready? And here Paul is saying, keep going towards home, prepare. That's really what his whole letter's been about. He's called the church to live lives, verse 23, that are sanctified, that are holy, that are set apart. And not just part of our lives, but again, verse 23, may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of our lives kept blameless. Keep going, preparing for home. But that's tough, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, I find it tough. I find it tough trying to keep going that. Trying to tough to, to daily say no to sin. To daily to live for Christ. To daily take up my cross and follow Jesus. Sometimes it can feel like, like we're just holding on by our fingertips. And coming to church just... It's our way of trying to cope. But thankfully, we don't just have verse 23. We've also got verse 24. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Yesterday, um, we were out with the family. And at numerous points, uh, we were walking through a car park. And I'd say to one of the kids, so our kids are six, four, and two. I'd say, oh, can you just hold daddy's hand? 
because we're going for a car park. And I do that, obviously, because I want to look after them. But really, as you know, you know, when anyone says that, can you hold my hand, particularly out of a child, what they don't really mean is, can you hold my hand? Because basically, if you let go, you're in trouble. No, what we mean is, can you hold my hand? Because then I'm going to grab it, and I'm not letting go. The bad news for my kids is I'm stronger than them. The good news for us is that my God is bigger than me. And no matter what my kids do, they will not be able to take their hand out of mine. They can try their life, they can squirm, they can moan, they can kick off, but my hand is not going to let go. No matter what we do, there is no situation, no sin, no person that can take you from your father's hand. There is nothing that can stop you going home. God is faithful. He will do it. You may feel like you're holding on to you by your fingertips, but the brilliant news is God is holding you so tightly. That if you feel like you're going to let go, you're still held. Keep going towards home. And then lastly, keep going towards each other. Uh, this whole letter wasn't probably not physically written by Paul. He was sort of dictating it to somebody else. But at this point, as was common, he, he probably grabbed the pen off the person who was writing it and started to write in his own handwriting. And he just punctually just sums up what he wants to encourage a church with. Verse 25, he says, Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Pray for me too. I need your help just as much as I can help you. You need to help me. We need each other, pray for each other, support each other, love one another, help each other to keep going. Verse 26, greet all, other, greet all of God's people with a holy kiss. Seems appropriate for today, doesn't it, really? Um, and obviously, uh, when Paul says that, it doesn't mean that that's the, 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 the blessing, the, the greeting we must give. If you're familiar with the J.B. Phillips translation of the New Testament, uh, he says, greet each other with a hearty handshake. And of course, what does he mean? He means that Paul says, just love each other. Don't just greet each other with a kind of a lip service, a smile and wave that you don't really mean. Have genuine love for each other. Love your brothers and sisters. Greet them as your brothers and sisters. Don't fake love. Help each other to keep going and love each other so that you can keep going. It's not just a verbal token, but real love. Verse 27, read and take in these words. We've, we've chatted about it already, but Paul says, these words are for your good. Take them in. They will help you. And then verse 28, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. In other words, God's grace is the foundation for the Christian, is the foundation for each one of us. Let's not move away from it. Keep going. Keep going with the, the normal things of being a Christian, rejoicing, praying, thanking. Uh, keep going, testing prophecy, uh, longing to hear God speak uh, and holding on to what is good. Keep going towards home, knowing that he will hold you and bring you there. And keep going with each other. Brothers and sisters at Bishop Harrington. Keep going. Let's pray.
Loving Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for this book of 1 Thessalonians, how it's encouraged us to to keep going of our love for one another, to to keep going in holiness, to to keep striving on to ahead, looking ahead to the hope that we have, knowing that there there is life in you, that those who have died in you will be raised in you. Father, help us to keep going with that in mind. Help us to keep going, to keep loving, to keep serving. Help us to have our eyes fixed upon you. To know of absolute certainty there is nothing that you won't do to stop us from coming home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me pray.